to say, yes, sir. And then the Bible goes on to say, eh, hey, if you are obedient, you are calling the Bible, Allah, Hey, hallelujah. Ah, no, let's do this thing. Give me First Peter chapter 3. I feel the anointing to teach this thing. Yes, so we have been discussing a topic on working with God. That's correct. This should be our third. We began by first looking at how God communicates in symbols, signs, and riddles. And to that effect, we looked at the story of Jeremiah and how God used him mightily in riddles, in signs and in symbols, and in circumstances. So God does communicate like that. Not so. And I gave a few examples from a scriptural basis on how the everyday life of Jeremiah turned out to be a conversation with God. And I can also just tell you as you go on, pay attention to how you live. Because your everyday life can be a conversation with God. Your everyday chores, your everyday things that you just do can be an entire conversation with God which shifts your glory to a greater intensity. Hallelujah. And this, I mentioned that the highest realm of communicating or communing with God is intimacy. If you can hear God from the relationship you have with him, you are deeper than those who have to use the prophetic to hear God. You have a relationship, you know, but they have a gifting. There's a difference. So we looked at how God would talk to Jeremiah, and then I gave you examples in my own life. You know, I, I, I remember just last Monday, I was with uh, uh, some deacons, deaconess Satara, who were at home. In the evening, I think it was around, around 21 hours, and um, we were working on some things. And then, unbeknownst to us, Shepherd had gotten the keys to the gate. Who remembers that? Then he clicked the, the, the open and the gate opened. But thankfully, our music or whatever we were doing was not too loud. So we were able to hear the gate open. <clears throat> and we were able to do the needful. But in that moment, God began to speak to me that that's how some people open gates and doors to their lives. It doesn't matter you are young or you are grown up. If you click the wrong or the right key, things will happen. There are some things that people do in their ignorance. But once a gate is opened, spirits won't say the person was young. Powers will not say she did not know what she was doing. They were just coming. 
God spoke to me in that moment, but I decided I was not going to share because I was going to discuss it at church. So everybody would be around you, but you're having a conversation with God. So there are some things that people have done, and they meant well, but they ended up opening doors to powers of darkness that infiltrated their lives. Some people just want to be rich, and they go to Enganga. You can't be rich like that. Then you're already there, so they'll tell you, since you're already here, the spirits are saying you have to kill this. Some people are told you should not be sleeping. That's just a death sentence. Some people are told you should never sleep on a comfortable bed. On a reed mat. So you find they have a room. They are very rich, but they've got a room. No one enters that room. No one knows what happens there. They innocently just went there to be rich. But they found conditions that demanded their lives. I, I remember a few weeks ago, I was driving at night, going home. But there was a car in front of me, the one right in front of me going the same direction, which was on full beam. Now, I don't like a lot of light when I'm driving, coming this side. So I, I try to flash, flash, flash. But then since the one in front of me was on full beam, no matter how much I flashed the one coming on the other side, they wouldn't reduce. Because the one in front of me was on full beam. So they would all put full beam. So the one in front of me had set my pace. And how people who are coming from the other side are going to treat me. Not because, <laughs> not because I was at fault, but the one in front was at fault. And in that moment, the Lord began to communicate to me. That's how generational blessings and curses work. You find there are some people who don't have to work hard. But because the one in front of them did the right thing, some, some, some serendipity just happens around them, some good luck. You don't know. Somehow this guy just seems to get it right. I don't know why, but... He, and when you look at him, it's not like he works hard. But somebody in front of them got it. Look at Isaac. Isaac did some of the dumbest things. No, 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 no. The Bible says during a drought, there was no rain. He planted. There's a drought. He planted. Who does that? He planted. And the Bible does not just say he planted. It goes on to say, and he became rich, and he became very rich, that the owners of the country chased him. He's become too strong for us. So you see, when people ahead of you have done the right stuff, <laughs> you may not have to try so hard. But if you know that the people ahead of you <laughs> did some blunders, then you know that you have to work hard. You have to do... Sometimes, listen, sometimes just look at how your parents lived first. You look at your grandfather. You look at how the people lived. Then you know you've got like a project here. You've got things you have to set in order. You can't be... I see how... Today, I don't know. When it comes to worship, you're all watching the worship team. When it comes to prayer, you're all praying. You're standing. <gasps> but when I look at your grandfather, <laughs> you should be praying like this. <laughs> the 
they can be saying there's no profit in selling cobra you because your father did the right thing everyone wants your cobra for some strange reason yours smells nice in the house <laughs> for some strange reason It's one of the other reasons I've had it easy in ministry. My father is a pastor. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's the only way people make it. No, 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 no. no. You find there's some things you already did that I don't have to do. I may not even have to be the sharpest preacher. <laughs> but you just look at me and like me. <laughs> because somebody labored. Just an example. So when you begin planning your children, there, must, there are some things you must do. The Bible says, Levi is the one who was receiving tithes. But as at the time that Abraham was giving tithes to Melchizedek, Levi was in the loins of Abraham. But the Bible says he was equally tithing. But they've got hundreds of years between each other, between Abraham and Levi, they are about 500 years. Yet someone in you, when you are tithing, is tithing. See, I will repeat this. Some of you think, when we look at your ancestors, some of you think your ancestors, maybe they were ugly, they had a big nose, and they just look like an ancestor. My name is Chibe Sambelengende. <laughs> I'm your ancestor. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Some of them were prettier than you. Mm? But they just made silly mistakes. And they don't know they were opening portals. 200 years later, you're struggling with something that somebody made a mistake about 200 years ago. And then some of you need to scatter those things. Because they set a pace. Everyone was imagine everyone who was coming ahead of me from the other side was on full beam. No matter how much I tried to flash, full beam would in. Why? Because they car ahead of So in that moment, God began to teach me about how generational blessings and cases work. Why? Simply because I was driving. Simply because I was driving. So the point I make is you see, growing a relationship with God, any, any day can be a conversation with God. So you find the way I'm behaving in life, the way I am approaching my prayer life, the way I'm approaching my service to God, was because one day when I was sitting doing nothing, God began to talk to me. And how did he talk to me? Through a circumstance. Like I was listening to this one man of God. Uh, he was saying, he loves grapes. So he was eating grapes, eating grapes. Now you know how grapes are. The more you eat them, the nicer they become. So they're about to finish. So what happened is he, he plucked the last one. Then I think he was trying to do something. Then he dropped in the mud. Guess what he did? He looked if everyone was coming. Said the devil is a liar. <laughs> Grabbed it from the mud. Kumunad it. Five second rule. <laughs> and swallowed it to the glory of God. <laughs> and immediately the spirit of God spoke to him saying, if you can pick up a grip, why can't I pick up someone I died for that I value? How did God speak to him? He was eating grapes. 
So don't think it's only in prayer that God can speak to you. That's why we've got some people, they are prayer warriors. Not because they pray a lot. But for them, that's the only time they believe God can speak to them. You see, from the coming of the Holy Spirit, it can flow with ease. Are you listening to me? So, so it, don't stress yourself. You yield. See, when I'm praying and I'm saying, we submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus, to the authority of the Word of God, and to the leading of the Spirit. When I'm doing that, I'm setting my heart for communion. It's not just a religious prayer. No, 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 no. And every time I pray, this boy is looking at me. And every time I pray, it, <laughs> it's scary. And every time I pray, it, I'm taken into a new dimension. Are you listening to me? Somebody said, very important. So you don't have to struggle. No. This is why we are teaching you these things. So in your life, you will not be careless because you know you could be driving like this. Then the Lord talks to you. You can be writing an exam, the Lord talks to you. So you can't say you've got two lives. One is for at church. The other one is for at work. No. Because you have one life and God has invaded the whole lot of it. So when you realize I'm always walking with God, there's no room for error. Because any time God will speak, any time, not because you're a man of God, some of these things God teaches me and talks to me about are for my personal benefit. Many of the times they're for my personal benefits. So forget this, oh, because the man of God, that's a joke from hell. It's not even fun. God spoke to me last year about this year. And from then it's quiet. So if I don't learn to sit on that word, if I, I'm only sitting on that word, I'll be dry. For myself, I have to receive this day every day my daily bread. Because remember, I'm a Christian just like you. I also just believe Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Nothing special. Then he said, oh, you boy, you can also do those things. And I said, yes, sir. So in as much as I'm a preacher, I'm also a child of God. I'm also afraid of God. <laughs> okay, so we also began to look at the fact that God begins to talk to people consistently so that they can become confident in the way he talks to them. We took up the example of Joseph. And how that God consistently spoke to him in dreams. So we looked at consistent instances in which God began to speak to him. Okay? That way he knew that when God moves like this, when I have a dream like this, I know that God is communicating something. Are you listening to me? So God will become consistent in a way that he communicates with you many times. But also I told you not to become familiar. Because God, although he may have a consistent way he may want to talk to you, it doesn't mean that he is limited. You always have a different way he will speak to you. You see, for some of you, this thing I'm telling you, eh? for some of you, it's the only way you get married. This. For some of you, it's the only way you get out of being broke to being rich. This. For some of you, it's, this is the only way you will break a generational curse. This. Because once you get direction, see, the law of counsel is higher than the law of faith. What that simply means is, when you are just exercising faith, sometimes you may not know what God wants. But when God speaks to you and he says, do this, your faith is at its maximum. Because it is anchored on an instruction of God. So if you learn to hear God like this, your faith cannot fail. 
Are you listening to me? Somebody say, my heart is open to receive. And then last week, we took time now to look at our personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and what it means to have the Holy Spirit. When a person has the Holy Spirit, what happens to their lives? The Holy Spirit is not just for men and women of God. It's not for deacons and ministers. The Holy Spirit is not just for fire brothers who are always seeing visions. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. Somebody said, the Holy Spirit is for me. Okay, so ever since the Holy Spirit came into your life, what has changed? Hmm? Some things must change because the Holy Spirit has come into your life. One of the first things that change when you receive the Holy Spirit. Holiness. Okay. Holy Spirit. Holy. Holy. So sometimes when people are saying holier than thou, I check. Maybe the person was just being holy. Maybe it's true the person is just holy. That's why they're acting. How do you want them to act? Hmm? How do you want them to act? They have the Holy Spirit, Kainge. So there has to be something holy about them. I told you, if somebody is saying you are overdoing your Christianity, it's simply because they are underdoing theirs. So that you're overdoing, you cannot overdo your Christianity. You. Have you ever heard of Stephen? Have you ever heard of the apostles? You have not yet overdone your Christianity. If they are saying you are overdoing it, tell them, I'm, oh, I'm chuffed. I'm just starting. These are my humble beginnings. <laughs> somebody say, these are my humble beginnings. So if somebody says, you pray too loud, that's when you say, I I see all these people who've come to church and I'm thinking, this is a department. Yes. <laughs> when I see all of you, I see a department. <laughs> I was hearing some time back, somebody was saying, you know, when they were opening service, they were saying, we've got the best band in the country. And it was the best choir, and it cried, and they ended there. <laughs> then I, <laughs> I turned to the protocol, and I told them, I feel your pain. <laughs> we are the best protocol. Yeah. Best media. <laughs> best security. <laughs> best setup. Yeah. Best ushers. Who have I left? And many others. So the point I'm making is <laughs> the point I'm making is <laughs> they're underdoing theirs. That prophetic dream you had, that's your humble beginning. These things you are learning, the moment you begin experiencing, those will be your humble beginnings. Now, when the actual dimension arrives, uh, you'll be a different man in your environment. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Somebody say my humble beginnings. Okay, I want you to imagine your greatest height in, in hearing God. Imagine your walk with God, imagine your greatest heights where you'll be passing through wars. <laughs> you are working with God. We're not just talking about hearing God. Where you'll be talking to your friends and say, you know, this morning an angel came to me. And as we well, are having a conversation, I told him, look. <laughs> imagine. Now, that is your humble beginning. I'll tell you why. That your imagination is your humble beginning. Because the Bible says, exceeding abundantly. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can imagine. So you can be saying that you can be saying that's your height. God is saying your humble beginnings. And this is the word of the Lord to you that that your imagination <laughs> is your humble beginning. Yes. If I were you, I would stand up and shout, Yeah! Hallelujah. Sit down, sit down. This thing I'm telling you, eh? Mm. You should never forget this thing. It will distinguish you from other Christians. Okay, I won't say this. Some, okay, it is well. You see, it will distinguish you. It will make a difference between you and the other Christian. This thing. Okay, this is not what I was supposed to talk about. I just want you to catch up. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life, one of the things it does is he amplifies your urge and your character of holiness, your sacredness and your separation from the world. That's one of the first things it does. If you can still listen to dirty music, if you can still sleep around, if you, are, if you lie and you don't even flinch, what were you saved from? Saved from what? No, 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 no. Let's, let's have a conversation. If you still enjoy the idea of drinking, it means that alcohol has probably become your boss. Because you can dictate where your money goes, where you hang out. So, what are you saved from? Only Jesus should be your Lord when you are, when you are saved. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus. Say it again, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus. <laughs> you see, what I'm telling you, I'm not judging you. Eh? Okay, I'm judging you. <laughs> yeah, because if the word of God cannot judge you, then who can judge you? <laughs> you are the Alpha and the Omega. That's what the word of God does. It should judge you. If the word of God does not judge you, So anyways, the Holy Spirit amplifies your urge for holiness. Hallelujah. But you see, we stop talking about, hey, do not smoke, do not... Come on, come on, come on. There are deeper things in God. Already what we are talking about here in God, these are deeper things. Imagine we come here, we're just talking about, don't drink. Don't look at girls. Are we going to manage every Sunday? You won't grow. Some people expect because they are young people in church, I should always be talking, hey, don't sleep that one. 
You're not going to grow. I've had people talk, talk to me and should be preaching salvation. Okay. I said, yes, sir. In my heart, I was like, ah, no. in your church. <laughs> with all due respect. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why when someone says with all due respect, it hurts. <laughs> me, I stop people. The moment they say, sir, with all due respect, ah. <laughs> Zexi. <laughs> okay, now I want to delve deeper into communicating with God. But, but since today's partnership service, I like talking a little bit about giving. So I, I want to just say a few things about giving. All those who came here for the first time, raise your hands. If you came here for the first time, I just want just wave at me. If you came here for the first time, you're welcome. I say this sometimes because... When you've come with someone for the first time, then the pastor is talking about giving. <laughs> no, let him digress in Jesus' name. No. I reject your prayer. <laughs> We're talking about it? giving. Hallelujah. But then I want, to, I want to approach it just a few minutes. I want to approach it from a very important perspective. Um, um, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. Okay, let's begin from the book of First Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 1. Now, Hiram king of Tyre sent messengers to David and cedar trees with masons and carpenters to build him a house. Huh? Do you know who the king of Tyre is? If you read the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, this was a, this was a seeming kingdom. <laughs> But if a bad man can send builders and carpenters and bricks for you to build, either there's something fishy or the next verse. What does it say? Let's read together. For the sake of The Living Bible Translation puts it this way. King Hiram of Tyre sent masons and carpenters to help build David's palace and supplied him with much cedar lumber. Verse 2 says, Now David, David now realized why the Lord had made him king and why he had made his kingdom so great. It was for a special reason to give joy to God's people. Somebody said we, we are going somewhere. So why did God give so much favor to David that even bad people built him houses? There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a saying that goes, when the Romans come bearing gifts. Okay, you can read it up. It's like when Satan comes with a deal. No, uh, I just want to give you this 20,000. It's for free. <laughs> That's what we mean when we say that when the Romans come bearing gifts. You become suspicious. So either it was a Romans come, coming bearing gifts or God had just given him favor, but he realized that favor, the Bible says, he realized the reason why. So that level of favor was not just for him. 
But I want us to go back in the beginning so that we understand. Because today, I'm going to share with you what I've named God's pattern for the blessing. God's pattern for the blessing. I like the consistent use of these words. Now David realized why the Lord had made him king and why he had made his kingdom so great. It was for a special reason to give joy to God's people. God is like a businessman. This is one thing you need to learn about God. He is like a businessman does not just give you money without a profit motive. He has a reason why he's giving you. Say he has a reason why he is giving you. Do you remember the parable of the, of, the, of the talents? He gave them talents. And he told them to go and do business, to go and invest. And when, they came, when he came back after a long time, those who were saying, I multiplied what you gave me. He said, wow, he was impressed. He says, thou good and faithful servant. It means he was not just giving them those things because he just wanted to give them. He had a profit motive. And these are some of the things that God set as a foundation from the beginning. I want you to look at the book of Genesis. Chapter number 12. The idea is this. There are things that God does repetitively. And when you see that God is doing some things in the Bible repetitively, it means they are a formula. That means you can engage that formula and reproduce the same results that you saw. There are some things that God does once, like when he spit in someone's eyes <laughs> to heal them. He never did it again. It happened once. We can't say, no, we're now all those with eye problems. Uh, I'm going to spit in your eyes. I remember a story <laughs> of a certain preacher and him he took this part of the scripture and he said Jesus did this so this actually was a lady preacher so she was taking saliva and laying it on the foreheads of those that were coming now there were other ministers that came to pray with her for the people so she would take <laughs> so <laughs> One of my friends was there in that meeting. So, you know, there's that thing he was expecting that the other ministers would pray. Because, you know, you don't want the minister's saliva. <laughs> so, now, you know how fate is. Oh, they all jumped him. <laughs> and she came to him. <laughs> and according to him, <laughs> when she just did it, he fell. <laughs> The woman felt nice. Pick him up. <laughs> Don't do that. So there are some things that God does once. When he does them once, let's leave them. There are some things that I had to understand. Eh? I remember there was one time we were having school of the spirit meeting. And as we were having school of the spirit meeting, my spiritual father said, you know, there's that thing where they are praying for a person. The person is not getting prayed for. So they give you to go to the room. How many know the room? 
<laughs> so we went. Now we prayed all manner of prayers. The person was still in pain. So we just said, no, we are just going to go back. And immediately I heard she was feeling pain on the shoulder. Immediately I heard hit her on the shoulder. And I bound. But then that voice sounded like the voice of God hit her. Now I'm with all my friends, very doctrinal people. I just hit her, boom, on the shoulder. Ah, what have you done? Hey, immediately. It stopped. It stopped. <laughs> and you know, since it worked, I'm like, you know, this, um, you know, in the, in the, in the dimensions, um, you know. Uh, So when we, when we went inside and we told our, our father that she's healed, we didn't say how. We just said, ah, the Lord has touched her. So there are some things that God does once. We shouldn't reproduce them. Unless the Holy Spirit, you've heard the Holy Spirit. For example, I don't expect you to go and slap someone. Pastor did it. No, 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 no. It happened once in my life. But there are things it does consistently, like the laying on of hands. You can lay hands on the sick. You can speak a word. Are you seeing this? So it means we, those things it does consistently, express in the word of God. We can also learn from them and expect the same results. Are you following me? And so one of those things is this thing I'm trying to share with you. We can do them and expect the same results. In the book of Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Listen to this, and you shall be a blessing. Now, I want you to look at it from the Good News Bible. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, to Abraham Leave your country, your relatives, and your father's home, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. I will give you many descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will bless you and make your name famous, so that... Are you seeing that? Somebody says, so that. You know why we are calling it a pattern? Because it happened many times. So that you can be a blessing. So in God's pattern and system of blessing people. He just doesn't bless them so that they may feel nice. He blesses them not just for the sake of it. He blesses them so that they can be a blessing. David realized that God had blessed him so that he could be a blessing to the Israelites. Esther was blessed with all that beauty, all that favor and marriage. And then Mordecai told him, you were made for a time as this. Everything God was doing, making you have favor in the sight of the king, was for this period. That means God has got a capacity to go into the future. And when he goes into the future, he sees the mess. And now the believers are being persecuted. So he comes back into the past. And he says, I will make her rich. Listen, wealth is a voice. You know, there was a guy named Joseph of Arimathea. You only hear him the time Jesus died. He was so rich that he went to the, to, the, to the governor and told him, I want the body of Jesus. That body was contentious. You don't touch that body. Because you may just be jailed. And when, not even the Jews protested. 
All the disciples in Ndui. They were all quiet. None of them had money to buy a new cemetery. Jesus, the cemetery they buried him in, nobody had ever been buried. The guy bought an entire manda <laughs> just for Jesus to be buried there. Employed people to carve out of a rock a gravesite for Jesus. One man, the disciples were quiet. All they knew is prayer. <laughs> Listen. Some of you must be rich. When we say, for example, it's time to buy this building and we are buying it at five million. And some of you feel so burdened. What am I going to do? One footballer can buy this without blinking. One, a footballer who was not as educated. Do you know what I've studied? Do you know how many cases I've drunk? Do you know how many times I failed? But <laughs> I failed until I got tired, I passed. Look at you. One footballer without blinking. One movie star. Can, can just buy this. So God can bless you so much. So that there's a pattern. You sit down. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I think two Sundays ago, I saw a son of this house. He put up a nice picture, and that picture had, um, had a beautiful tattoo. I went like this, so that when I go, so that when I knock off, I can go back home and just relax and just bless him. Immediately I heard in the spirit, that's the very reason he will not have it. They saw that. They saw that. <laughs> hey, what is your so that? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, what is your so that? Ask them in, in, in Bemba, what is your so that? <laughs> I know there's a certain level of prosperity you will not reach. I'm not talking about the world. In the world, you can kill and become rich and buy that same thing. Not here. In the world, you, you can just work hard and prosper without God. All the best. Somebody says, so that. There's a reason why God prospers people. So that they can be a blessing. You know, at some point you have to move from being the blessed to being a blessing. Ha! Even when you don't have all you have is a two-quacha. Be a blessing. The moment you give someone, you are, they are the blessed. You are the blessing. They are the blessed. You are Once in a while, if you don't have guys on the bus, you can get transport. And as you are going back, you meet again, you pay for the guy. Not that you are rich. You are training yourself to be a blessing. Because if you cannot be faithful with a 50 kwacha, you'll be faithful with a 50,000. Chaka na mli Bible. It has refused. 
Somebody say, I'm a blessing. Yes, you must be a blessing. I want us to study a very curious case from the book of Exodus, chapter number three. Study a curious case together. You, you will love this. I'm showing you a pattern of the way that God blesses people. So God here is convincing Moses so that he can lead his people from slavery. And he can take them to the promised land. And part of the conversation for taking the Israelites out of Egypt reached here. Where he said, And I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, gold, clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Imagine God is telling them, you shall plunder them. There are people when I look at them, hmm? this is just me personally. I say they don't deserve that wealth. I'll tell you why. <laughs> but let me keep that end loose. I'll come and tie it later. So you know what happens sometimes when God realizes someone is becoming very wealthy and they don't deserve that wealth? He will cause some believer somewhere to plunder. Oh, we are reading the Bible. Did you realize I'm not the one who wrote this? God was saying, I will make you plunder them. Let's jump to chapter 12, verse 35. Now, the, the children of Israel had gone, had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. I believe there are many other things that they took. And the Lord had given the people what? In the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Now, you, have you ever heard of those? I don't know, but this, one, this, this, one, this may sound wrong. But have you ever heard of those thieves who steal? They come at night, then they use juju. Yeah. <laughs> then I've heard stories. You help them pack. <laughs> then as they're about to go, they say, Oh, much like a fridge. They're going to put it. <laughs> now, that's witchcraft. <laughs> but that's the kind of favor that is being talked about here. Where they gave them very unreasonably, it didn't make sense. It's a plunder. They are, it's like stealing. The kind of favor that they were given is not just like, oh, I like you, I'll give you one article of silver. It's ukukuntenganda. To count the house, to gather everything that's in the house. <laughs> that is made of gold and silver and to take them. Imagine. Say, so imagine. Let me read it to you from the Living Bible Translation. The Bible says, and the Lord gave the Israelis favor with the Egyptians so that they did what? Huh? They gave them whatever they wanted. Do you understand what it means to be given whatever you want? <laughs> that means you don't, go and, you, go, you don't go to ask with a measure. You don't go with a pot to ask. You just go with your hands. What if the person stinges you? 
Now these people want with a drum. I'm by no means trying to say them as a stingy. <laughs> these people want with drums. And whatever they asked for, they were given. Imagine such favor. Imagine going into a workplace and they tell you, you want this position, I can make you second to me. You want intern? No, 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 no. Permanent for you. And what I, what I just said is for some strange reason. For some strange why? Because God is putting favor. I decree and declare that as of today you are receiving outrageous favor. I don't know what project you are planning, what you're begging God for, the gates, the businesses. No, we're not just giving you favor here. The word of God does not just come for free. I decree and declare outrageous favor. Israelis favor. You see, God does not give you that material thing. What God gives you is spiritual capacity. And part of spiritual capacity is favor. Somebody put your hand on your head and say, I receive spiritual capacity. I receive favor in the name of Jesus. You see, the Bible says, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over, shall you? Shall men give unto your bosom? Okay. So the transaction there is when you give, you receive that substance which goes into people to make them give you back. That's what happens. Listen. Listen to me. Listen, come here. If you want to prosper in this kingdom, You cannot dispense with the, requ the requirement to give. It doesn't matter you are broke. It doesn't matter you are a student. Learn to give. I said learn to do what? Give. That thought to want to postpone to until you start working is the is devil lying to you. Oh, so you thought the devil will appear with horns. Hey, Gloria, we pay her. He's not that stupid. He'll communicate to you through thoughts and feelings. Huh? Let me tell you this. I don't believe tithing is only for those who work. That, the Bible does not say that. The Bible says bring your tithe. You know who tithe is for? Tithe is for anybody who can receive. If you are able to receive money, you are fit to tithe. You are fit to give offering. You are fit to give. Why? Because every time you do not give, 
you're trying to say, God did not give me. When you don't give from what you received, it's a sign that God did not give you. But is it true? Huh? Sicho, every time you don't give, now, you probably don't work, you don't have a job. And please, for those who like complicating things, I'm not talking about school fees. Why are you giving your school fees? Do you tell from your school fees? Some questions, just don't ask them. Why are you trying to hide the fact that they gave you pocket money? Now, the Bible says, John said to his disciples, no man can receive anything except God gave him from heaven. That means there's nothing that you can ever receive that God did not give you. So even when you are giving God, you are simply giving him back what he gave you. Even when you are stinging him, you are stinging him what he gave you. <laughs> so are you able to receive? We used to, we tithe from BC, we tithe from pocket money, we pushed it into the work of God. You see, do you know that giving is a grace? The Bible says, as you have grown in the grace for preaching, in the grace for prophesying, see also that you grow in this grace for giving. You know when someone is working in their grace, let me give you an example. If I switch off this mic, I will struggle to reach you. Because I have to use my strength to reach you. Because the mic is off. But when I am using a mic, it amplifies my voice. So think of the mic as a grace. So when I'm talking, I talk with ease. Children of God, as you may know, this is our year of the, um, the harvest. The one in the corner is able to hear me. Feel my impact from here. Why? Because there's grace. Meaning there's a point in your giving. When you grow and it becomes a grace, you stop struggling to give. You, you won't tell that you gave out the 4,000. Not because you are stupid. <laughs> There's something on you. But then that grace also translates into a grace for receiving. Not everybody has the same level of grace to receive. We receive at different levels. Do you know why it's called currency? It must flow. Currency must flow into you and out of you. You know, it's even an economic crime for you to bury money. Even if it's your money, you don't bury it. Because currency must flow. Put it in a bank so that it can move and make interest and help the economy move. That's what God told that one servant who buried. He said, why didn't you take the money to the bankers? So that at least by the time I came, because burying it is an economic crime. Even in the spirit, it's the same. So anybody who can receive can give offering. That's why the Bible says, because you don't give your tithe, it says you are stealing. Now me, I'm adding. You're not just a thief. You are a liar also. Because you are saying, oh, God didn't bless me. Meanwhile, you received money. So when you tithe, you're saying, God, what I had, I, I only had it because you gave me. And here is proof. It's, it's proof of payment. It's proof of receipt. That's why the Bible teaches to pay the tithe. It's proof. By the way, the Bible says tithes and offerings. 
Meaning you should always look forward to giving your offer. It doesn't say tithes or offerings. No, 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 no. It says bring into the storehouse tithes and offerings. Hmm? You received. How many ever receive money for just using? Don't tell me you only receive. Huh? How many ever receive money here? Maybe your uncle gave you. Then you know this one is just a 20 kwacha for you to use on anything. How many? Or your friend gave you. Uh-huh. You are all fit to pay tithes and offerings and partnerships. All of you. <clears throat> You've learned, eh? But you know, this is not just a warning. I'm setting you up for a blessing. I'm, look at it correctly, this thing I'm teaching you. Look at it correctly. If you don't, Satan can jump on this word and make you take offense. It will help you. Somebody say it will help you. So if you can receive, you are fit to tithe, to give offering to partner. Now, God gave them all this tremendous favor. I want us to, I want us to jump over to, to chapter 35, verse 4. Huh? Remember, God had already given them favor. They plundered the Egyptians, right? That favor that you were all jumping for. And receiving and you've received it then Moses said to the whole community of Israel this is what who had done what the Bible goes on to say take a sacred offering for the Lord let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord gold silver bronze blue purple scarlet thread fine linen and wood olive oil for the lamps spices for the mountains goat hair for the clothes okay We've jumped from chapter 3 to chapter 35. Do you now realize that God was giving them that favor for a reason? You study the Bible and you say, God gave them tremendous favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That they plundered them. Meanwhile, God had an idea. That a few chapters from here, I'm going to command them to give. So those who were stingy, stanch God what he gave them. It's like last time I asked Shepard for some crisps. And he stunned me vehemently. And he, he believed it was his mother who gave him. I'm the one who bought. <laughs> At least that day. He stunned me. And he was very comfortable. In his stinginess. You know, he doesn't know that I'm the one who bought him. <laughs> These same crisps. He's stinging me. Then the Lord began to teach me. This is how people refuse to. I told you, he can be eating crisps, I'm eating a less one. You see, a man who has a relationship with God is dangerous. <laughs> and I'm talking about you, hallelujah. <laughs> eating crisps. <laughs> Many times, you think I'm here. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm in a lesson. <laughs> hallelujah. That will be your testimony. So you can imagine someone refusing to give because they are saying it's my hard-end man. Like Shepard thinking it's his mother who bought him. You think it's your boss who paid you who gave you that money. That's what you think. Meanwhile, the one you asked, you know there are some people, the amount of money they have spent in the hospital is more than the amount of money they have spent in the house of God. No, you don't realize that that's an error. Do you know this is why we give our first fruit? One of the things you are saying is, God, 
I've already given all my money to you. I don't have what to spend on the doctor. So now that thing will also have to speak for you in a time of crisis. You already gave. The Bible says if the first fruit be holy, then the rest of the door and the branch will be holy. Holiness means set aside, sacred, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So because you don't have light and revelation, when they say, oh, it's first fruit Sunday, you're even thinking. <laughs> what you don't know is that that seed that thing that you're going to put there will be a voice that will speak when you're even asleep, that thing on the altar. You see, hmm. let me use the opposite. Somebody killed a cow and took and sacrificed on the altar. 200 years later, you're not doing anything, you're asleep, that cow is speaking. Sacrifices speak. The Bible says of the blood of Abel, it says, and the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of? That means the blood of Abel still speaks. But the blood of Jesus is a greater sacrifice. So it's, it, it hushes the other sacrifice that Cain had given to curse the earth. So every time we are giving, it's for your benefit. But look at that. God had blessed these people and he knew that the purpose of the blessing is because one time I'm going to ask them to build me a house. God doesn't bring down things for building the house of God. No. What he does, he will give you favor. He will give you access so that you can get things so that you can build the house of God. There's nowhere in the Bible where God came down with heavenly gold and silver. No church building was built like that. No conference was held like that. God will bless you. Yeah, once in a while, God will do things like miracle money. Trust me, I believe in miracle money. I've received miracle money before. But maybe three times. The rest of the times, I've had to work the principles of God. Hey, some of you are saying you don't have. That same two kwacha, I want it here for partnership. You know why? The Bible talks about a widow. A widow. A widow in a famine. God sent an entire prophet to a widow and the instruction was go and eat what the widow is going to give you. You can imagine if it's in these days, we want to quote him, going to eat in a widow's house. <laughs> he was going to feel it. He was going to feel it. But the man of God went and said, I want your food. The, the widow even complained. It's the last one. He said, I know, but I want it. <laughs> because the blessing for the widow was in the man of God eating it. I remember a story of my pastor. Uh, jo Job knows him. Who is Faith? Ziolo, is, he, is she here? Joshua. So, there was... Pastor Chavanya, he's late. One time, there's a woman. This woman started a restaurant. 
And so she, she, she called him, man of God, I've opened the restaurant. Come and eat in it. The man of God went with his team. <laughs> She cooked beans. They ate. They went back. After some time, she called. She said, ah, man of God, the business is not going well. He said, no, no, no. This time, put meat. <laughs> Add meat and other things, not just to beans. Eh? <laughs> Let me tell you, do you know one of the things you should look forward to? Is your pastor eating some of the things that you are reproducing where you are working from? I'll get to that. So, this woman cooked and they went with the team. <laughs> they ate, they were happy. And they blessed her. And from then her business boomed. <laughs> Isaac was about to die, <laughs> but he wanted meat. <laughs> venison, the Bible says, bring me venison the way I like it. You know, sometimes the blessing, the blessing of God is in a man's heart. Eh? So you have to unlock. You have to unlock it. And this, this thing for sowing a seed, part of it comes from there. Your giving benefits you. The Bible also says, may the Lord remember your sacrifices in the day of trouble. There are days when your sacrifice must talk. Service is part of it. But in that context, it was talking about your giving. You see, I'm giving you a reason. The reason why you must prosper is this. You will not have what to put on the altar if you don't have. But then that man of God insists that I want to eat. You know why? Because even that little meal which that woman had, she only had it because it was God who gave to her. It was not her hard-earned flour. <laughs> it was her God-given flour. Okay, if you're saying it was your hard-earned cash salary, eh? give me Deuteronomy 8.18. Maybe God did not come down, you didn't see an angel, so maybe you're saying it's my hard-earned cash. Let me show you that it's not your hard-earned cash. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. One, two, three, go. Stop. Okay. So power to become rich, power to make money, power to prosper is a different dimension of energy that is heavenly. That idea you have to invest is power. That connection, those customers, that energy you have to work every day to go to work is not yours. So if you say you had earned money, God will just come and say, okay, energy. That energy you had for waking up and going for work, it is God who gave you. So what, I, what do you mean when you say, my hard earned cash? Hard earned what? <laughs> it reminds me of a story. The story of uh, a scientist who said to God, I can also make a human being. Then God said, okay, we are going to call a contest. Let's all make human beings. This scientist had learned how to make human beings from using dust. 
So when they were standing there now to begin making human beings, people were watching. And then they asked the scientists, what are you going to use? said, okay, we are going to get clay. Then God says, no, don't make my clay. Don't use my clay. I'm the one who, used the, who created the clay. So since you and I are contesting, no using my clay. <laughs> game over. <laughs> Somebody say, game over. game over. That's how it works. There's nothing that you can ever have that God did not give you. That's the point I'm trying to make. Even that energy you have to make, that you wake up every morning, you know what we mean when we say God is omnipotent? It means all power is his. All power. He is all powerful and all power is his. Even that power which is in the mitochondria, that one is his. <laughs> Even the currency, the power for electricity is his. The power of the president is his. There is no dimension of power which does not belong to him. He owns all power. Ideas to make money come from God. So every time you say, Oh, pray for me that I may get the job, they pray for you. And you don't you don't glorify God by going to partner and do whatever you are doing. You're simply saying, Ah <laughs> It's not God who gave me. Not only are you stealing, you are lying. You're not giving is a statement. I know many of you are students, but this principle I'm teaching you now, it will take you far. Don't just be takers. Every time you put on the throne of God, it is working for your own advantage. You should always look for a way. This ten quarter, I will keep it. <laughs> Fight the flesh. Fight the desire to be on Facebook. You need a bundle, but resist it with all the capacity. You even sent a message to the FD. I am giving a ten quarter. So that at least they see, if they don't see, they can call you. Because all the money you have, even the one you use for your shawarma, you only had it because God gave it to you. You see, there's a place where people don't receive anything. You know what? This place is hell. In hell, they don't drink water. They don't receive anything except punishment. Even the person who begged in the street, and the person had mercy on him and gave him, that mercy was the mercy of God. Wow. Even that money which say, so what about if you stand him? How do you know if they gave him that money, he would have wanted to cross the road to buy a shower, my car would have hit him. Even that stinging was the mercy of God. Ah. We all experience the blessing of God on this earth, all of us, except we experience it in different degrees and dimensions. Somebody say, thank you, thank you, Lord. I want you just to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm very, very grateful for all you have done for me. Oh, Lord, I'm very, very grateful. And I'm saying thank you, my Lord. Sometimes that's what the Bible just said. In all things, give thanks. You may not know what God has done behind. Give thanks. Hallelujah. I'm going to read you one last, script, one last scripture. The Bible talks about Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. The birth of Moses. And the man of 
the house of Levi went and took a wife as a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when he saw that he was a beautiful child, this is interesting. This is the birth of Moses, right? The Bible says, and when he saw, when she saw that this child was beautiful, the Bible says she hid him for three months. At this point, they had given an instruction, kill all children that are born. But the reason why she did not kill Moses was because he was beautiful. Now, don't get me wrong. I know we've had this argument before, but every mother thinks their child is pretty. (laughs) Every mother (laughs) thinks their child is pretty. (laughs) I I won't give the examples. But not every woman believes the other woman's child is pretty. But they will say she's pretty or he's pretty. Because I remember. (laughs) I remember I was trying to show my wife a picture for when I was young. And my father was holding me like this. I was in a nice romper. It was red. And my father was holding me. I I had cheeks. I was like a beautiful baby boy. Now, my wife was not impressed tell me what she thought. Then she told me I looked like a baby sir. <laughs> what a baby sir. What a baby sir, you guys. <laughs> I look like a baby sir. Please, talk to her. <laughs> Anyways, I got over it. <laughs> but the point, I, the point I make is, generally, generally, every mother's baby is beautiful to the mother. And that's what matters. It doesn't matter whoever thinks what. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, for the Bible to notice that the reason why she hid him (laughs) was because he was beautiful. It means there was a certain beautifulness about Moses, which was not a usual beautifulness. When Moses was born, there was no angel who appeared. Listen, this is important. No angel. When Jesus was born, an angel appeared. Before Jesus was born, an angel appeared. But Moses, imagine the great destiny that Moses had. Yet the only way that God communicated to the parents of Moses was for them to think he's beautiful. That's why you are the only one who can be saying that girl was beautiful. God is saying something. (laughs) I think I'm about to say something dangerous right here. You've tried to think about it, but when you think about her, tongues erupt from your mouth. It doesn't matter, others don't think that. John, God is saying something. God is saying something. The same way that an angel did not appear during the birth of Moses, but only a sight of beautifulness was stricken in the eyes of the parents. That was a word to preserve this child. 
Every other mother who gave up their child to be killed thought their child was beautiful. But this beauty was something else. So, beauty is a language. And all the men said, But that beauty is subjective. So to you, if every time you see how Apufula, just know the Lord has spoken. To Apufula is to be blind. It's a Hebrew word. This church, you love Greek a lot and Hebrew. Look at that. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of the bulrushes for him, adobed it with ashfort and pitch, and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And... When she opened it, she saw the child. She heard the child crying. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him. So the first thing we see is beauty. The second thing we see is compassion. And then she said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Immediately she was supposed to say, kill him. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. Went back to the mother. The mother was even paid for nursing her own child. Maybe they lied that they killed the child. So the point I wanted to, to mention was this. Number one, the compassion. Number two, the beauty. Number three, the favor that God invested in Moses was not for free. He was building a deliverer. All I want to tell you is, in this kingdom, God does not invest in people for just. God does not invest in people for just. Hannah was barren all her life till she said, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. Kale Kale, she got pregnant. The entire time, maybe she was saying, so that I can also be showing off my child on Instagram. God was not agreeing. So that I can also post, oh, congratulations. The Lord has given us a child like the other women on Facebook. God was not responding to Hannah until she made one correct prayer. She said, okay, if you give me, I'll give that same night. <laughs> the husband came with a different glory. I don't know why it cried. Anyways, <laughs> so the point I make <laughs> is that at least in this kingdom, God does not invest in people for just. When you look at Samuel, the Bible also goes on to say, and the boy grew in favor and in wisdom. And he, he grew up in stature, in favor, 
He grew up in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with both man and God. It also says the same of Jesus in the book of Luke 2, 52. He grew up in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with both man and God. Why? Because in Samuel, God was developing a prophet. That investment was not for just. He was growing a prophet. That investment in Jesus was not just for just. He was investing in a Christ. Hey, listen to me. You want God to prosper you? What do you want to do for the kingdom of God? As you partner, that will be your statement that, Lord, as you keep blessing me, this is nothing, oh Lord, but please receive it. But as you keep prospering me, I will do greater in the name of Jesus. Because God is saying, you're giving today, your partnership is a testimony of what you are saying about when God reaches you those dimensions, you'll still be doing that, you'll still be humble. You'll still be coming to partner and to push the work of God. Hallelujah. So I want all of you, I don't know how much you have, do not be afraid. Because even that one which you don't want to give, it's God who gave you. So I want you to stand. Hold your partnership envelope. For those who did not come with funds, you are going to pledge. Have you learned something today? What I've taught you? Hmm? This sermon, go back and listen to it. It will bless you. If you don't have a partnership envelope, raise your hand. You will need it. If you are going to pledge, put your number. Don't lie, you are in church. Put your correct number, not that one which they, they blocked it by Airtel. Mwala ilio kutupala na lelo mulapala liachishinke shiwile nu imwemwelesa Mwala ilio kutusunga na lelo mulasunga liachishinke shiwile nu imwemwelesa liachishinka Chishinka, liachishinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, imwemwelesa. Liachishinka, liachishinka, shinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, imwemwelesa. Mwala ilio kutupala, na lelo mulapala, liachishinke, shiwilienu, imwemwelesa. Mwala ilio kutusunga, na lelo mulasunga, liachishinke, shiwilienu, imwemwelesa. Liachishinka, liachishinka, liachishinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, liachishinke, shiwilienu, 
You see, there are business I want to start just so that I can have something to give. You, you must be a blessing. Say, I must be a blessing. Say it again, I must be a blessing. There's a minister of the gospel in Nigeria. He started a free, a free restaurant. You just go in and eat and come out. They will cook. Just go in and eat. I cried when I saw that. <laughs> you, you, oh, you go to the next page. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> you want an apartment so that you can play FIFA. <laughs> okay. <laughs>